everyone. This is Kennedy Hawk from the MCM Fan Podcast team. We are back with another exciting episode of Deck of the Week. In this fourth installment, we are finally going to be playing a leadership deck, something we have waited a long time for. We've asked our patrons which Guardian's hero they would like me to play with leadership this week, and they have chosen Venom. So I present to you this leadership Venom deck, We Are Venom. Now we're going to go through this deck, and I'm going to use the word we as much as possible and try to not use the word I, but we messed that up one time in this sentence already, so we'll see how far we can get within our 10 minutes. There's a lot of ways you can actually build a leadership deck, and that's something I wanted to cover right away. We've seen a lot of leadership, or not, well, not leadership, we've seen a lot of Justice Venom decks with all that confusion and the confusion locking he can do. We've seen a lot of Stun Venom decks. We've even seen a lot of Protection Venom decks because he has really awesome defense events. But we have not seen a ton of leadership decks, and it's not surprising. He doesn't have a ton of things in his hero kits that directly interface with leadership. But we are here to tell you today that you can still make an amazing leadership deck, and there are lots of different ways you can go with it. So next, we will walk through the ways that you could build a leadership Venom deck. One of Venom's events, Run and Gun, is a three-of event. It does cost three, but what it does is it readies Venom and each weapon upgrade you control. So with cards like Moxie and cards like Morale Boost, you can easily see a setup where you just stack Venom stats as high as you can, and then you ready him with Run and Gun and try to use those stat boosts over and over and over again. Unfortunately, since that ready costs three, you're going to be relying on a lot of other readies that exist. Um, you can't use Earth's Mightiest Heroes without help from a multiplayer setup, but you could use something like Tenacity and use his ability to make it cheaper. Ultimately, that's not the deck we went with. Um, another deck that you can do with almost every character um, is a Strength in Numbers deck, and there is no exception with Venom. With access to Nowhere and Triskillian, you can get to five allies pretty easily, six if you make the call with Stinger. You could Strength the Numbers to make your hand 10 to 11 is Venom, and just We Are Venom like crazy with all sorts of really good Venom cards and events. Again, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to work on a Guardians Tribal Leadership deck with Venom as the leader. And there's two reasons I think that this works well. One, there is a new card in leadership um, that came out in the Star-Lord pack. It is called Laser Blaster. It is a one-cost upgrade that has the tech and weapon trait. Attached to a Guardian ally, max one per ally. Attached to ally gets plus one attack, and its attacks gain overkill. Well, this is pretty sweet. Um, and we're going to see which Guardian's allies that works with. It's very limiting because they need to be Guardian's allies, but plus one attack and overkill is not something that I would sneeze at. Now Venom has an event, locked and loaded. Search your deck for a weapon upgrade and add it to your hand. Shuffle your deck. So this is a weapon upgrade you're, you're going to want to play multiple times because as you expend that ally, you're going to put new allies onto the board, and we are going to want to go searching for that laser blaster so you can play it again and again and again and again. On top of that, Flash Thompson, the alter ego of Venom, has an ability that will let you search for weapons, not search for weapons, but discard cards from your deck looking for weapons at the beginning of the game. And we're going to use this also, we're going to use Laser Blaster to seed our deck with a few extra weapons. Because with Venom set up himself, he's only got three weapons in his deck. You could discard a lot of cards before you get to one of those weapons. So now we're having six weapons in our deck, which gives us a much better chance of finding our laser blasters or multi-gun or Venom's pistols. So let's go through the Venom deck. We are going to walk you through it by card type, and then we'll talk about some of the combos, the game finisher, and some of the, the rather interesting plays you can do with this We Are Venom deck.
All right, so we thought long and hard about what basic allies to include in this deck, because most of the Guardians allies are actually basic allies. Right now, we only have one Guardians ally that is leadership, and that's one of the unfortunate things about Star-Lord's ability to give everyone the Guardians trait, is we got Adam Warlock and Beta Rayville without the Guardians trait, which makes me very sad for this deck I'm building with Flash. So I looked through all those basic Guardians allies, and I decided which ones I should include. I definitely wanted Rocket and Groot, because they're really good allies, and um, there's quality for the cost investment. I also looked at Drax and Gamora, and those allies seem pretty top tier, so I included them in there. Um, and then I got to Star-Lord, and I said, well, why not? We are Venom. We are, we are not Groot. This isn't the end of the Guardians movie. We are Venom, and we're going to include all the Guardians we can. So Star-Lord is an interesting thing. He is a two-attack, two-thwart ally with three health and two cost. That all sounds great. His attacks gain ranged. Not essential, but also sounds cool. Force response. After Star-Lord enters, play under your control. Deal yourself one face-down encounter card. Bad. I don't like that at all. I don't think that makes him worth his cost. But since we're going for Guardian's Tribal with some of the other cards we're including... We're going to put him in our deck in case we need to play him in a pinch. Whenever we have a choice of which ally to play, Star-Lord is not going to be that choice, unless he's the only ally in our hand or only ally in our discard pile. So we'll make do with Star-Lord for now. If you really wanted to swap something out, you could put Yondu in there. We are going to be running something that might make you not want to play Yondu, and he costs four, so that's kind of a bummer as well. But ultimately, I understand. All right, uh, for our sixth ally, we did include Nick Fury in our deck. Yes, he is not Guardian traded, but he is very, very strong as a card, and he's going to help us cycle through our deck looking for our combos faster. Next, we are going to go through our events. So we have two copies of Behind Enemy Lines, two copies of Grasping Tendrils, and two copies of Savage Attack. These are the three Venom events that they each cost two, and they each have a different resource type. Um, so Behind Enemy Lines is removed three threat from a scheme, if you paid for this card with only mental resources, confuse an enemy. Sounds great. Savage Attack. Deal 5 damage to enemy. If you paid with only lightning resources, this deck gains overkill. Grasping Tendrils. When the villain initiates an attack against you, slash we, cancel the attack. If you paid for this card using only physical resources, stun the enemy. So all those cards are really good, but they force you to have this really weird research matching system, right? Because you need to be able to match everything. Now, Venom's ability to generate a wild resource, to take a damage and generate a wild resource, is very powerful. Um, and that's going to help us try to trigger these kickers as much as possible. It's also really helpful for leadership in general. I should have mentioned this earlier, but it's it's probably clearly evident to a lot of people that leadership is a very, very, very strong aspect. And that's because allies are a very, very, very strong card type. So even though Venom doesn't have any inherent synergy with allies within his kit, the fact that in hero form he can generate a resource once per phase and reduce the cost of an ally in hero form, he's basically taking Captain America's Ultra Ego ability and slapping it onto his hero form. And we already know how good that ability is. So if you could reduce the cost of the best card type in the game, why not include leadership? Anyway, derailed for a little bit. But we're going to be using his hero ability to both reduce the cost of allies and to make sure we hit the kickers on these events when they're really important. The ones that are the most important are behind enemy lines and grasping tendrils. Savage attack is probably the least important. Um, we don't really care about the overkill that much because we have these laser blasters to go on our guardians allies that are going to have overkill. All right. So we also have 
Locked and Loaded, which is going to let us search for weapons, zero cost event, search for weapon upgrade, add it to your hand and shuffle your deck. And we've got three copies of Run and Gun, which we mentioned earlier. So that's Ready Venom and each weapon upgrade you control. We've got two copies of Blaze of Glory. So this is a two cost leadership event from the Star-Lord pack, max one per round. Each Guardian character gets plus three thwart, plus two attack this phase. At the end of the phase, deal one damage to each Guardian character. Now, unlike Star-Lord, we can't flip, flip down and avoid all of that damage. But I still think it's worthwhile, right? If you can get a Gamora out there who has two base attack, and you can throw a laser blaster on her so she's up to three attack, when you play Blaze of Glory and use like that for her final swing, she can swing for five with overkill. Who cares if she takes the extra damage at that point? She's done her job, right? A three-cost thing that has done two things and then swung for five is like an uppercut with two extra activations. That sounds pretty good, because uppercut, we know, is subpar, but all that other stuff is super par. Um, so, Blaze of Glory, it's going to be interesting how we use it, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. We've got two copies of Make the Call, because I think that one of the cool things you can do with Flash is you're discarding all those cards at the beginning of the game, and you're putting a lot of things into your discard pile. Well, if you end up with a Make the Call in your hand or in your mulligan, Guess what? You now get to pick whatever the best ally is for your situation, depending on what minion claw brought out or whatnot. You can grab the ally that is the best for the job. So I like having to make the call. I'd really like to have three make the calls, but there's only two for now, and we'll talk about why in a little bit. For resources, I have th uh, Energy Genius Strength and two copies of the power in all of us. So the reason we're including the power of all of us is we've got six basic allies in this deck. We don't even have leadership allies. So you know you're going to have constant targets for that power of all of us. This means we have five cards here that can play two-cost allies. So that is Star-Lord for free. With Venom's ability, you could play Rocket, Groot, Gamora, or Drax for free with one of those double resource cards. That's really, really, really good. So we've got those, the power in all of us in there. They're also there to combine with some other cards we have in our deck. So under supports, we have a copy of Helicarrier. Um, so this deck originally started by having the enhanced resources in there. It had one copy of each enhanced resource, thinking I could use pow the power of all of us to play those cards. They thin my deck, and between Venom's upgrade and those enhanced resources, I'd be able to trigger whatever event he plays. I've come to realize that if you reduce the cost of that event with Helicarrier, and then use Venom's ability, you're also paying with only that resource type. So you can just only have to match with one resource type. That is a bit of a problem, right? Hello Carrier is an action, so you can't use that action during the villain phase to reduce the cost of grasping tendrils. So you are going to want to be able to make sure you have a lot of physical resources. Luckily, those laser blasters we've included in our deck are all physical resources. The power of all of us are wild, so we can use those as physicals. So we've got quite a few physicals in our deck, along with Blaze of Glory, like a lot of the cards that are going to stay in our deck and keep cycling will help us trigger Grasping Tendrils. All right, so we've got Helicarrier. We've obviously got Project Rebirth from Venom's Kit. We've got one copy of Nowhere, and this is a card that I'm not convinced on, and one copy of Triskillian. But either way, that would let us get up to five allies. Once we have five allies, we'll be Blaze of Glory then. Obviously, hopefully, it's the five Guardians allies. Blaze of Glory becomes deal 10 extra damage, and you probably win the game that turn. We've got one copy of Team Training, and then three copies of Target Practice. Target Practice has become my sleeper-like favorite leadership card in the Guardian cycle. Um, it's very limiting, because it's when an ally with a weapon attachment upgrade makes an attack, discard Target Practice, that ally gets plus two for that attack. 
Like, the only allies that can have weapon upgrades right now are Guardian's allies, and that's with the Laser Blaster. So that's very limiting, but it's a zero-cost thing, so you just throw it on the board, and it's a support. So it sits there the whole game until the right time to be used. So we can wait until we have an ally out with a weapon, and you can use three of these on one attack. So you could make Drax over here, who's a 3-1, might have a Laser Blaster, so he's a 4-1, you might have three target practices in play, so he's a 10-1, and you might Blaze of Glory him. So now Drax is swinging for a casual 12 damage, and the only thing you needed that turn to get that was Blaze of Glory. Everything else is something you could have played on a previous turn, so that's really cool. Anyway, target practice, really, really good. So I talked about being iffy on Nowhere, and here's the reason why. So Nowhere reads cost 2, so works with Power of All of Us again. Play only if your identity has the Guardian trait. Increase your ally limit by 1. Response, after a player plays a Guardian ally, exhaust nowhere. That player draws a card. So here's the problem. It's after a player plays an ally. So make the call does not play an ally, it puts an ally into play. So you're not going to be able to trigger nowhere when you make the call into your basic allies, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, so if I was going to change something there, um, if you want to go up to three make the calls, that means you're going to be making the call a lot more often, just drop your nowhere. Um, you still might want to keep it because it's worth it just for when you hard cast those allies from hand. But ultimately, it's really just there for the plus one ally limit. So you can get to five wide and use your place of glory. All right, for upgrades, we've got our three laser blasters, which we've talked to death about one cost upgrade, attached to a guardian ally, max one per ally, attached to ally gets plus one attack, and it's attacks gain overkill, multi gun, spider sense, and two copies of Venom's pistol. So your goal here. If you um, wish to accept it, is to get your five Guardians allies out, the five Guardians from the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So we're looking at Star Lord, we're looking at Rocket and Groot, Gamora and Drax. You want to get all of them on play and put a laser blaster on each one. So this is all going to happen ahead of time. You're also going to get three copies of Target Practice onto the board. If you do that, your base attack, so we're going to put our laser blasters on who do they make the most sense on? Let's put them on Gamora. Let's put them on Star-Lord and Groot, and we'll talk about why in a little bit. But if, if you do that, you've got three, six, nine. Um, we'll count Rocket as three and assume you're attacking an Ultron drone. Twelve, um, <laughs> fifteen um, attack, just base attack with your characters with their laser blasters. On top of that, if you have two copies or three copies of target practice, you're up to 21 attack between those allies. And if you play, play Blaze of Glory, you're up to 31 attack with those allies. That's insane. Plus, you have your Venom activations. And the only thing you've had to play that turn is Blaze of Glory. Now, the problem with this is you have to get those Guardians characters out there and leave them out there. So you're going to be defending a lot with Venom. You're going to be using Grasping Tendrils every time it comes up, and you're going to be making the call to keep making sure you have those allies out there and they have their weapons upgrades out there at the right time. So in an ideal scenario, you get all those Guardians out and you swing for face, but you don't need to have all of them out. I think Blaze of Glory, even if you only have three allies out, is worth it. So don't feel like you have to get everything on the board and set up this combo. Use Blaze of Glory whenever you think it makes sense. Even with Venom, right? If you have your two Venom pistols out, and let's say you want to remove some threat. You can exhaust your Venom Pistols, right? And get Venom up to 3 Thwart. If you've Blazed of Glory, you can be up to 5 base Thwart on your basic hero activation. That's really, really good. So we're going to take advantage of that as well whenever we need to. 
So the key here with Blaze of Glory, right, is you can't flip down and remove guardians from these characters like you can with Star-Lord or from other, other types of allies. So what you're going to have to do is get your allies down to one health, which is really risky with things like Concussive Blasters and other stuff out there. But it can still be super fun. That way you're ignoring the, the negative part of Blaze of Glory, but at the same time you're still able to enjoy the benefits of the plus two plus two. Well, this was the deck this week. I hope you like it. It's it's a little bit uh a little bit more cheeky than the typical decks we go through. It's not uh it's not your normal strength of numbers, just draw a bunch of cards deck. It's not your normal stat boosting use venom deck. It's trying to lean super hard into the Guardians of the Galaxy theme. And it's trying to really take advantage of Venom's ability to pull out laser blasters. And it's also really trying to take advantage of some of the newer cards in the cycle, like Target Practice and Blaze of Glory. So, hope you check this out. I hope you check out Venom with all the aspects, but you especially take some time to appreciate, even though his kit doesn't seem like it synergizes with leadership, to play him with my favorite aspect, the blue one. That's it for this week's Deck of the Week. Next week, I'm going to return to another one of my old decks from Marvel CDB, so I'm going to go back to Black Widow Protection and try out that deck. So be sure to tune in, because I'm going to be testing that one against heroic-level villains. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great night.